0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, what does he mean? In the beginning, i like to thank the choir for the beautiful songs that they presented. Uh, and also, i like to thank Akhimelech uh, the presentation that he did at the end about uh, memories uh, in St. Mark's church. Uh, tonight we'll continue our Bible study. Now, actually, we are studying the book of Psalms. Today, Psalm number four. This Psalm is titled To the Chief Musicians with Stringed Instruments, a Psalm of David. This is the title of the Psalm. The title indicates that it was directed toward the Chief Musicians Who is the Chief Musician? Some supposed to be a leader of choir or musicians in the time of David such as Heman the singer or Asaph. Other, they say the Chief Musicians refer to our Lord Jesus Christ who is a victorious person and also the giver of victory because this psalm speaks about how God is the source of our victory. The title also tells us that the song was deliberately written to be accompanied with stringed instruments. So it's chanted with strange instruments. Also according to the Septuagint, the title has Unto the End, a Psalm of David. Unto the End, a Psalm of David. So many scholars and many early church fathers reflected on the word unto the end. What does it mean? St. Augustine said, unto the end, refer to Christ himself, because he has no beginning and no end. St. Augustine said, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes, as St. Paul mentioned in Romans chapter 10 verse 4. St. Augustine continues and says, For this end signifies perfection, no consumption. So the word end means perfection. No consumption means sometimes you say it's ended means halas, consumption, it's gone. But the end here means perfection, doesn't mean consumption. Others said unto the end means to sing it to the end of our life. So this psalm we will sing it to the end of our life. Also the end is the victory of David over all his enemies. Victory when he wrote this psalm was running away from Absalom his son. So unto the end means he will chant this psalm until his victory. Here, David is a symbol of Christ, who will defeat Satan and all the followers of Satan. Other scholars said, unto the end, means this psalm is to be sung always and constantly because of its value and its importance. So we will sing it to the end of ages. Many scholars consider this psalm a continuation to psalm 3 and is about the same event but was sung at an hour of still greater trial because David was running away from Absalom so this is a greater trial. Psalm Psalm 4 was one of those repeated by Augustine at his conversion so when Augustine believed and repented, converted to Christianity this psalm was one of the psalms that he prayed also it appears to have been an evening psalm sung by David although we prayed in the first hour of the Agbaya. But because last verse it says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep, because of verse 8, some scholar said this song, a psalm was chanted as an evening hymn by David. In this psalm, David poured out his complaint against malicious enemies and found peace and refuge in God. This psalm is a short psalm, only eight verses We can divide it into three sections First section, only verse 1 David beseeches God for help Second section, from 2 to 5 David reasons with his enemies The last three verses, from 6 to 8 Joy and peace So let's read verse 1 Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. So David begins with a short, passionate, powerful and fervent prayer. No man has a right to expect God to hear him if he does not call the Lord told us ask and you shall receive that's why he said hear me when I call how to expect God to hear you if you don't call David did not want to just say some nice words toward heaven but he needed God's attention to his present problem that's why he is saying hear me I'm not just going to say nice words and leave but I am asking you when I call, hear me O Lord Prophet Isaiah spoke with sorrow about lack of passion in Israel in their prayer in Isaiah 64 verse 7 he said there is no one who call on your name who stirs himself up to take hold of you We need to stir ourselves up to take hold of God This is a good example of David stirring himself up to take hold of God When I call, hear me And he called God, God of my righteousness Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness What does it mean, God of my righteousness? He knew that his righteousness came from God so he is calling upon the God who made him righteous only God is righteous in his nature righteous means the one who does right so only God is righteous in his nature ways, works he is the just judge of all and David reminds God and reminds himself with the mercies of God in the past he says to God you have relieved me in my distress and based on this now I am asking you to have mercy on me and hear my prayer so David used past mercy as a ground for future help as if he is saying God I know you haven't blessed me to this point to abandon me, so please have mercy on me. St. John Chrysostom says in your prayer, you need to have confidence, and the object of your petition will be fully granted. You need to have confidence in God. David, in his prayer, he asked God to listen to him, to deliver him in his distress. So, St. John is saying, David did not say, he hearkened me, that God hearkened him. No, he said, he relieved me from, he said, he have You have relieved me in my distress. So David did not say, God hearken to me. But he said, of my my righteousness. God of my righteousness, I trust him. As he relieved me from my distress in the past, now actually God will relieve me. So here David is revealing his confidence in God and the fact that he habitually approaches him with this attitude. Then from verse 2 to verse 5 David is directing his words to his enemies to Absalom his son and those who accompanied Absalom. He says how long O you sons of men will you turn my glory to shame for how long how long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood Selam. how long David asked a valid question how long will the ungodly keep their way when are you going to repent they cannot keep it forever because one day God will put an end to their ungodliness so they may as well abandon it now and be blessed if you know that you cannot continue in your ungodliness forever then it's better to abandon the ungodly way and repent now so you will be blessed How long will you turn my glory to shame? Jesus experienced what David experienced. Wicked men tried to turn almost every glorious thing in Jesus' ministry into shame. As Absalom wanted to turn the glory of David into shame by taking his throne away from him that's why he called them you sons of men not sons of God sons of men because they are worldly men who have their thoughts on things of this world they have not been grafted into the family of God and become sons of God so he told them how long you love worthlessness and seek after falsehood. Meaning, you love lying, empty desires, empty hopes, vain pride, wicked deceits. He's asking them, How long? Why do you need to continue to be satisfied in turning my glory to shame? What is going to benefit you? Why you are pursuing and you love worthlessness such as you are placing Abshalom upon the throne on which their hearts were set. This throne was given to David by God, but now you want to put Abshalom on this throne. And the same way, as I told you, David was a symbol of Christ. This was the vain imagination of the Jews with which they pleased themselves that Jesus should die and his name perish. They wanted to turn his glory into shame. And such as are all the attempts of wicked men to ruin and to destroy the people of Christ until now. Isaiah said about these people, no weapon, no weapon formed against them, against the children of God, shall prosper. So no weapon formed against the children of God shall prosper. How long you seek falsehood, such were all the counsel and aims of the great men of Israel against David, like the counsel of Ahitophel and if we applied for Christ how long the Jews will seek another Messiah beside Jesus of Nazareth so this psalm now suggests that these men were determined and continued in these sinful practices the word how long means these wicked men, these ungodly men were determined and continued in these sinful practices but all their efforts would be in vain and effortless and fruitless all this effort will be fruitless at the end that's why he is reminding them in verse 3 he told them but know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly you cannot turn the glory of a godly man to shame because the Lord has set apart for himself who is godly the Lord will hear when I call to him the the Lord will hear when I call him so David is reminding them that the Lord now will defend those who are godly David knew that he and all the other godly people were set apart for God. God will protect them, will defend them. Set apart means God has a special place in his heart for these people who are godly. That's why he said with confidence, the Lord will hear when I call unto him. Although I am disgraced by you, although you want to turn my glory to shame, but the Lord will hear when I call unto him. In spite of your attacks, you resist me in many ways. You want to put me to shame. Yet, remember, I am still the servant of God, set apart to his service, and therefore, God will heed, attend to, and grant my prayer. So David here gives the reason why they should not oppose or persecute him who is godly, because God will defend him. It is at their risk if they offend one of these little ones whom God has set apart for himself. If you try to offend a godly person, remember, God had set apart this person for himself and he will defend them. God considers that those who touch the godly people as if they touching the apple of his eye. And he will make their persecutors to know it sooner or later. the godly men have interest in heaven so God will hear them and therefore God will let none dare to do them any harm for God will hear their cry then verse 4 he says be angry and do not sin meditate within your heart on your bed be still. so in verse 2 and 3 he was speaking to his enemies but verse 4 he's directing his word to whom when he said be angry and do not sin and whether anger is a sin so if, if anger is a sin how David is saying be angry and do not sin Uh, St. John Chrysostom uh, first St. Paul by the way quoted this verse be angry and do not sin in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 St. John Chrysostom says that the psalmist here does not dismiss anger for anger is useful nor does he eliminate wrath it's helpful too in dealing with wrongdoers and negligent remember the Lord when he entered the temple and wanted to cleanse the temple he was angry but he says the psalmist here speaks of wrongful anger or irrational wrath so it's okay to be angry but don't sin in your anger it's okay to be angry for a good reason St. Peter was angry with Hananiah and Sapphira for a good reason but do not sin in your anger Anger has been instilled in us for a reason not for sinning St. Augustine says that this verse can be interpreted in two ways One way, be angry at yourself because of your sins so we have to offer true repentance and stop sinning so when you are angry against yourself because of your sins this will lead you to repentance that's one way but the other way if for any reason this emotion of anger is not triggered in your soul which is not in your power if there is a good reason to get angry There is no no good reason to sin. Yes, I understand. Maybe there is a good reason to get angry. But there is no good reason to sin. So, be angry and don't sin means consider the subject deeply before you attempt to act. Think about it before you act. Do nothing rashly. Do not justify one evil act by another. Do not justify uh, your sins. Uh, that's why he said, Be angry and do not sin. What should I do? He said, meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. So, when with our mind we serve the law of God although with the flesh yet we may serve the law of sin but we must repent to whom David was directing these words be angry and do not sin maybe he is directing this to himself because David was angry against his enemies but he said yes David, remember, you can be angry at your enemies who kicked you, who are chasing you, but do not sin. Or maybe he is saying to the ungodly men around him, maybe you have a reason to be angry, but you don't have a reason to sin and to chase me away from my throne. So he reminded himself not to sin in his anger and not to find consolation and also to find consolation in meditation before the Lord. This is the remedy. How to calm down your anger? Meditate before the Lord. So one of the good means of preventing sin is to be frequent and serious in meditating within your heart before the Lord. Examine your thoughts by serious self-reflection. Examine your conscience with respect to what you have done that day. And if you have sinned, offer repentance. You may need to differentiate between two kinds of meditation. The biblical meditation and the Eastern meditation. David here is speaking about biblical practice of meditation, not the Eastern practice of meditation, like in yoga. The biblical meditation, we fill our heart and mind with God's word. But in Eastern meditation, the idea is to empty your heart and to empty your mind and to leave it open potentially even for deceiving spirit. And when after he told them, meditate within your heart, on your bed and be still. Sila, sila, as we explained before in Psalm three, marks a music, musical pause, musical pause. And the pause here would will accord with the message of meditation. Be still. He's giving them advice. Be still. Then there is pause here in the music, so everybody can reflect on these words then verse 5 he said offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord so don't attempt to offer a sacrifice to God in your present rebellious and disobedient conduct he is saying to the his enemies if you are offering sacrifices now God will not accept it from you because such sacrifice would be a sin turn to God from whom you have rebelled and offer to Him a righteous sacrifice which is offered through repentance so he said be angry and do not sin then he said offer sacrifices meaning we must not only cease to do sin to do evil but we learn to do well, to offer sacrifices. St. John Chrysostom says, Refraining from evil alone is not sufficient. Instead, the practice of good must be there as well. Along with righteousness, God also asks us to put our trust in Him, to hope in Him, to place no confidence in things of this world, but rather to detach ourselves from everything and fix our minds on him. So, offer to the Lord uh, the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord. Verse 6. There are many who say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. Many means multitude of people. St. John Chrysostom comment on this verse by saying who these people who are saying who will show us any good. These people are confused multitude who lack judgment, locked and mindless thought so anybody who is wondering who will show us any good means he is confused because if he is not confused he would know that this comes from God so these people are asking where is God's providence our lives are in such a mess most of us are in need and in poverty what evidence is there of loving care Where is God here? All they desired was plenty of the wealth of this world that they might enjoy abundance of pleasures of scenes of pleasure of senses That's why they, they inquire who will make us happy who will satisfy all our senses but they ask this question who will make us happy without submitting themselves to God God is the only one who can make you happy Who are these many who are asking this question? These many could be David's followers They are weary of waiting upon God and ready to despair They ran away from Absalom. So they may ask David, why are you patient until now? Like how the wives of of Job asked him the same question. Until when you, you, you will continue to believe in God? Or maybe many, there are many who says, who will show us good? Maybe these many are his enemies uh, and of the body of the people who were either engaged against him or at least unconcerned for him and sought only their own survival and advantage. These people who are against who were against David they were hoping that Absalom's rebellion might prosper, that David might die and his son reign in his place so the evil they wished to him was good to them so they wished evil to David and for this they believed that is good for them or maybe these words who will show us good are just word of people expressing desperate condition that David and his friend were in, which the psalmist represent in this manner Who will show us any good? None they say will show them any good, neither God nor men. So maybe people from outside saying, who will show David and his men any good? Until now, we don't see God or even people showing him and his friend any good. As if they are saying there is no help for him in God. He and his friends must perish. But David and the few godly that followed him held a different view from that wish and joined in this prayer Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. So, despite what his enemies said or thought, David trusted that the Lord would show him good. And David was not praying for himself only, but he said, Upon us, he's praying for others. David was seeking God's gracious presence, his love unity with God all these things will comfort his spirit and that is the good that David is looking for in the enjoyment of these things the presence of God, his love um, is a unity the comfort of the Holy Spirit so in the enjoyment of these things lay their good and happiness and their safety David is happy joyful Uh, and safe when God shined with his countenance on David when we know that the face of God shines favorably on us this will put gladness in our heart so after he said Lord lift up the light of your countenance upon us he said you have put gladness in my heart because you have shone upon me you have put gladness in my heart this gladness is more than in the season that their grain and wine increased though David was in distress troubled by ungodly men all around but he could still have gladness in his heart, why? because the Lord is there the Lord was with him God has looked on David and put gladness in his heart, a gladness that far exceeds the, the happiness of his adversaries. Their gladness is there when their corn, wheat, and wine increased. But if it said, the gladness that you put in my heart, more than the gladness of the wheat and uh, corn and wine so this gladness comes from within St. Augustine emphasizes that gladness then is from inside where the light of God's face engraved and not to be sought outside Christ dwells in the inner man David was in the outward safety but inwardly has this tranquility of mind resting securely upon God's promises and the care of his wise and gracious providence. but those who are ungodly search for the good that may be seen the good that comes from the abundance of the wheat, wine corn outwardly good they show no concern for the good things that are unseen and only object of faith only St. John Chrysostom has a comment on verse 7 he says as if David was saying you have taught me to love wisdom to overlook the things of this life To know the things that are true and lasting. You have lifted my expectation upward to sound hope. You have led me forward to the life to come. You have raised me from the enjoyment of the present goods to the prospect of future goods. That's why you have put gladness in my heart. Joy is not in external things. David could sleep well at night even in the distressing time even surrounded by the ungodly because God put gladness in his heart that's why he concludes by verse 8 I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone O Lord make me dwell safely so when we are comforted, will sleep in peace. David slept well because his safety was from the Lord, not from the circumstances around him or from feelings. David had a satisfaction in thinking that it is God only who watches over him. Knowing that you watch over me, that's all my satisfaction. Any other help would be vain and unneeded. Many lie down and must sleep daily. But how many lie down in peace with themselves and in peace with God? Unfortunately, only few. David had then two great blessings, sleep and peace. Sleep when he said, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. So, peace and rest. And the blessing of the confidence that he was safe when he said, O oh Lord, make me dwell in safety. Or, for you alone, O oh Lord, for you alone, O oh Lord, make me dwell in safety. For you alone, O oh Lord, this is an amazing expression of absolute confidence and gives an excellent sense in connection with the context. God in spite of all my enemies, but you alone give me peace. You alone can protect me. Many had declared that I am abandoned by God as well as man, but in unshaken faith David claims God as his sole protector beside whom he needs no other one next to you God I don't need any other one this concludes Psalm 4 I will, I will give a short summary in Arabic المزمور احنا في باكر كل يوم المزمور الرابع في الأجبية إذ دعوت استجابت لي أو عند دعاء استجب لي برق بيقولوا إن المزمور ده ديفيد كان بيصلي أو داود كان بيصلي بالليل عشان آخر آية بتقول بالسلامة أتاجع بل أيضا أنام لأنك أنت رب منفردا في طمأنينة تسكنني. الخلفية بتاعت المزمور ده إن أبشلوم قد تمرد ضد ديفيد وكان عايز يأخذ العرش منه فديفيد هرب وكان معه بعض الأفراد وديفيد هو بيهرب كان أخي توفل بيعمل مؤامرة عليه مع أبشالوم شلوم واتشتم لكشامع ابن فكان كثير من المضايقين حواليه كده بعض المفسرين بيقولوا أن مضمون أربعة ده تكمل المزمور ثلاثة اللي ابتدى يا رب لماذا كثر الذين يحزنونني كثيرون قاموا عليهم بس هنا داود بيقول له ايه بيقول له عند دعائي استجب لي عند دعائي استجب لي داود مش مجرد الصلاة بتاعته كلمتين بيصليهم يا ربنا ويمشي لا داود كده بدل بيقول لربنا يا رب لما أدعوك تسمع لي لما تعود لما أدعوك تستجب لصلاتي بعدين سمى ربنا هنا يا إله بري لأن البر بتاعنا ده هو بر رب بناخده من ربنا أنا ليس لي بر يعني بر الإنسان ده زي ما يقول الكتاب المقدس كخرقة الطامس فأنا ليس لي بر كده يقول له يا اله بري أنت الاله لازم تعطيني هذا البر بعدين ديفيد يقول له أنا عندي خبرة معك يا رب يعني أنا دي مش أول مرة اختبر ده أنت قبل كده في الضيق رحبت لي رحبت لي الرحب عن السعة يعني, يعني اخرجني من الضيق للسعة فأنا عارف أنت بتعمل إيه معايا كويس ده اللي مخليني دلوقتي بناديك بثقة وبقولك عند دعاء استجب لي يا إله بري ترقف علي يا رب واسمع صلاتي زي ما أنت نجتني زمان أكتر من مرة نجتني من الأسد والدب نجتني من جوليات نجتني من محاولات شاور المستميرة المستميتة والمستمرة عشان يقتلني نجتني من كل ده فأنا دلوقتي يا رب أقولك ترقف علي. اسمع صلاتي اسمع يا رب صلاتي ونجيني من أعدائي بعدين من آية 2 داود بيكلم أعدائه مش كده سماهم بني البشر ومش بني الله وبني البشر منقضين بغريزه بشريه، حب القوة حب الملك حب الجاه لهم يا بني البشر حتى متى يكون مجدي عارا ده أنا ربنا بعد صمويل عشان يمسحني لغاية إمتى أبقى هربان كده من داود من شاء من أبقى لغاية إمتى هبقى طريد لغاية إمتى حتى متى تحبون الباطل وتبتغون الكذب؟ لغايه امتى هتحبوا الباطل وتبتغوا الكذب الباطل انتوا عارفين ان ابشالوم ليس من حقه عرش الملك لكن انتوا ليه بتيدوه وليه عايزين تعيشوا في كذبه ربنا لو كان عايز يعين ابشالوم كان بعد صنمي يمسحه انما ربنا مسحني انا فانتوا ازاي عايزين تعيشوا في كذبه يا بني البشر حتى متى يكون مجد عارا حتى متى تحبون الباطل وتبتغونك كده لما انت تصالي المزمور طبق على نفسك أنا بس بشرحه يعني من جهة داود كان بقول ايه لكن مثلا مين اللي انت بتخاطبهم في آية 2 أنا وانت بنخاطب الشياطين اللي بتحاربنا فبنقول للشيطان حتى متى يكون مجد عار؟ أنا ابن المسيح الاشتراني بدمه لما بتوقعني في الخطيئة بقول الشيطان بابقى أنا عار عن المسيح حتى متى يكون مجد عار إلى إمتى أيها الشيطان تحب الباطل وتبتغي الكذب ربنا هيحط حد للموضوع ده في اليوم الأخير عندما يلقيق في نار الأبدية فإلى متى إلى متى تحبون الباطل وتبتغون الكذب مش كده رسالة دي لأولاد الشيطان داود بيقول لهم أحسن لكم نكتوب عشان ربنا يقبل تبتكم ويغفر لكم طيب هل أنا خائف منكم دا داود بيقول هل أنا خائف منكم يا أبشلوم وكل الأعداء لا إعلاموا أن الرب قد ميز تقيه اللي بيتقي ربنا اللي بيخاف ربنا ربنا بيميزه عن البقيين ربنا بيحميه ويدفع عنه وإن يحاربني جيش لن يخاف قلبي وإن قام علي قتال ففي هذا أنا مطمئن هنا بيقولون بص بقى الرب يسمع عندما أدعوه يعني أنا لما أدعو ربنا عشان ينجيني منكم هنا نجني أنا متعود على دي أنا رحت الجليات أفكركم قلت له أنت تأتي إلي بسيف وبرمح وبترس أما أنا فآتي إليك باسم رب الجنود ربنا حبس جليات في إيدي إعلاموا أن الرب قد ميز تقيه الرب يسمع عندما أدعو. فخافوا بقى خافوا خافوا ربنا ارتعدوا ولا تخطئوا ارتعدوا من ربنا وارجعوا عن الخطا بتاعكم بدل ما انتم مستمرين في مطاردتي ارجعوا من هذه المطاردة راجعوا نفسكم احسن وقت تراجع نفسك فيه بالليل قبل ما تنام تكلموا في قلوبكم على مضاجعكم واسكتوا وانا انا بعمل كل ده ليه انا انا بنفذ مشيئة ربنا في حياتي ولا انا ماشي بمزاجي راجع نفسك تكلم في قلبك على مضاجعكم واسكتوا قعد كده كلمه اسكتوا يعني في صمت في تامل خليك واضح مع نفسك خليك امين مع نفسك اوعى تلتمس لنفسك العذر لما بتطردوني انتو بتقدموا ذبائح للشيطان لكن لما تقدموا توبة قدموا ذبائح البر ازباحوا ذبائح البر وتوكلوا على الرب دي نصيحة انا بادها لكم داود بيقول لاعدائه شوفوا ايه اللي يبرر حياتكم وقدموا الزبيحة دي التوبة تبرر حياتكم قدموا هذه الزبيحة وتوكل على ربنا اوعى تقول انا مش قادر أدم الذبائح ديا لاني مشغول انا شايف طريق ربنا مش نتيجة نتيجه انا شايف طريق ربنا ده يتفسر على انه ضعف والتسامح ده على انه عدم قوه لا توكل على الله ازبح ببيحه البر اعمل ما هو صح وتوكل على الله كثيرون يقولون من يريد خيرا ربما الكثيرون دولت من أعداء داود بيقولوا إمتى هنشوف الخير بقى إمتى داود يموت عشان أبشلوم يملك ونشوف الخير أو ممكن يكون أصحاب داود نفسهم اللي تعبوا من الحرب وتعبوا من الهرب من واكد أبشلوم فبيقولوا من يرينا خيرا إمتى بقى نخلص من الغروب ده ونشوف الخير كل واحد ما في الضيقة يقول امتى الضيقة دي تنتهي امتى الضيقة دي تنتهي داود عرف الحل قال يا رب الحل بسيط الحل في ايدك ارفع علينا نور يا رب مجرد ما انت ترفع نور واكك علينا حتى لو احنا ما زلنا في الضيقة هنبقى في سلام وفرح انا عايز نورك يا رب يشرق في قلبي فبقى الفرح جاي من الداخل مش من الخارج الفرح جاي مش من الغنى والمال ولا من السلطة والبريستيج والقوة الفرح في العهد الجديد هو ثمر الروح القدس لما ربنا ينير علينا بوجهه يمتلئ الإنسان فرحا عشان كده في الايه بعدها على طول داود يقول له جعلت سرورا في قلبي أعظم من سرورهم إذ كثرت حنطتهم وخمرهم. هم بيفر لي. فرحوا عشان الحنت بتاعتهم زادت والخمر زاد. لما طردونا وأخدوا مواردنا فحنطتهم زادت وخمرهم زاد ففرحوا. لكن أنت رب السرور اللي حطيته في قلبي وأنا مطارد وأنا هربان من أبسلوم. السرور ده اكبر بكتير جدا من سرورهم بالحنطة والخمر فرح الله لا يوازي اي فرح فرح الله داخل من داخل القلب ولا يعتمد على الامور الخارجية عش كده ختم المزمور بآية جميلة انا فرحان ومتطمن حتى لو انا هربان بس أنا مش قلقان كده هروح بسلامة اتجع بالايضا انام انا يا رب هنام هنام لان حطيت ثقة فيك يعطي احباءه نوما هنا النوم علامة الطمأنينة يعني واحدة مكون قلقان لك النوم فر من عيني لما النوم هنا علامة الطمأنينة لانك انت يا رب منفردا انت, أنت يا رب لوحدك لوحدك وانت الوحيد في طمأنينة تسكنني انت يا رب اللي هتخليني اسكن في طمأنينة اشترك بالنور وقعك على يا رب حتى لو انا مطرود، حتى لو انا مطارد من ابني ومن اعدائي وتركت الملك بتاعي وخرجت مطرود في البرية لكن حتى في ده هقدر يا رب انام بالسلامة الطاجة عبال ايضا انام لانك انت رب منفردا في طمانينه تسكنني تاكد ان هيئه مزمور اربعه لالهنا المجد الدائم الى الابد امين